You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Mike Fantastic from the Russian Leg Sweep. I'm here with uh, my co-host. I'm Sam. What's up, Sam? Uh, not much. And Mikey. You know, when we were uh, putting together this podcast, I was really looking for the easiest way to do things. We did some searching, and we found Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use right from your phone or on your computer. Creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. Like, that's what I do. I make it sound great. You know? They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and many more. They'll get you everywhere you need to be. Like Korea. Korea. They'll listen to you in Korea. South Korea. Thank you, Anchor. (laughs) You can easily make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. That means we're making money right now by reading this ad. Like, I could just listen to it and I'd make money? Right. We would make money. What? With no minimum listenership. Please. I mean, if you, I mean, you're listening to us right now anyway, so you're checking So out you're Anchor. already on Anchor. So I appreciate that. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Right now. Do it. Do it. Do it. Now on with the show. Due to the graphic nature of this program, viewer discretion is advised. Yeah, did you want us to join you, or should we just sit here as eye candy? It's Saturday. Hey. 1 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. You know what that means? It's time for the Russian Leg Sweep! It's me, Mike Fantastic, and I'm with the founder of Cutthroat Productions. I got it right. You did. Not co-founder. He moonlights <laughs> as the creator of slasher core horror core music. The almighty pumpkin king, Mr. Comatose. Sam Rocha. He makes movies, too. They're on fucking the Troma Now Network. You might want to check it out and finally join the family. That's what we do. We got the uh, co-director of the Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. All-around super sweet man. The one, the only, Mr. Mikey Taylor. How you doing, buddy? Good. How you doing? Right there. Man, I'm finer than frog hair. Finer than frog hair. As my biological father would also often say, I wonder what he's up to. I haven't talked to him in a long time. Have he tries watched, to call. I don't. Re- yeah, haven't really watched the Russian leg sweep, and then he can get caught. No, up. I don't want to speak with him. That would be that would be uncomfortable. 
He does not speak to you. He can just get in chat. And then I can relay. He just wants to talk. I can relay like, for you. Not, yeah, I don't know. Like, not to drop a dad bomb. Shout out to Straw. But... <laughs> All right. Uncomfortableness. No. Mikey's the only one with a reasonable relationship with his parents. I have a good relationship with my dad. He's dead. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I've, I've seen... <laughs> I've seen the SKR Volume 2 DVD where you invite him to rest in hell, I think, is what, what it was. Might have been. Might have been. So, like, I, I know. It's fine. I know the stories. It's fine. But shout out to Mikey for having a good relationship with his parents. Yeah. You lucky <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Live next door to him. I mean, that's just... They're good people. And I'm, I'm the only child, you know, so. Yeah. That, uh, that helps, I think. Speaking of only child, my my child Lily, you guys may know her. She has defeated bad eyesight somehow. Uh, she had a doctor's appointment with the eye doctor this week to get new new glasses, and they're like, "Yeah, you you don't need them anymore." I don't know how or why because she did have bad vision, because I have bad vision, and they're just like, "We don't know how you overcame it, but you don't need to wear glasses anymore." It's magic. Power, power I was like, positivity. Yeah, I was like, that's fucking awesome. And that, I made it a big deal because her mother isn't really a big power of positivity person. I'm not gonna, you know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I made it a big deal. Like, oh my God, look what your brain can do. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Maybe she'll embrace embrace the power of positivity. Or did From you summon creed, the devil? That's who, what you did. Who will come up later? Did I summon the devil? Yeah, you said? that's what you did. I know it. How's that? Well, look at the picture behind you. There's like the devil man right over your head. Oh, wait, that's you. Never mind. Same difference. What in God's green earth is happening? Nothing. Anyway, boys, it's been a couple <laughs> weeks since we've been together. Last week, I want to give a shout-out to uh, uh, Busta Moose, a.k.a. Justin, who came in, Sam's cousin. He, he subbed for Mikey while Mikey was away at the G4, Grand Island 4 Comic Con. Mikey, how was the Comic Con? Uh, it was it was great. Thanks for asking. Uh <laughs> <laughs> any any further details you want to go into? Well, I uh, there it was it was quite quite a bit bigger than I thought it was going to be. Um, and when we got out there and started setting up our our display for the uh, the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour, Shout we out. discovered we had brought out brought out way too much stuff. So we had five tables worth of shit. Wow! That we set up for display. <laughs> I everything from you know Transformers, He Man. I had a wrestling ring with all my little figures set up and uh, different autograph photos and and whatnot. Uh, plus, we had uh, three video game systems set up, and I watched in their entirety both WrestleMania three and the first Survivor Series. Nice. Oh wow! And drew all during of, all during the con. During the con, because our job was just to hang out and kind of promote what we were doing. So I said, let's abandon trying to interview anybody and let's just just promote what we're doing and, and create some conversation. And we had a steady stream of people that just stopped by to reminisce with us. Nice. How nice. People we did not know. Uh, interesting thing. I, I got to spend quite a bunch of time with uh, Noah Hathaway from The NeverEnding Story. And was Falcor there? Falcor was not there. Uh, he was shit. mentioned, though. He was there in spirit. Was the rock right. rider there? No, no, but he, he was he was mentioned as well. Uh, Atreyu. But I got to hang out with, with Atreyu, yeah, and uh, uh, very nice guy. It was interesting because to bring it back to, to pro wrestling related, Michael B. Moynihan was also there. He was Lookout Bear on Zubilee Zoo. Okay. 
Mm. He was also in a movie called Body Slam, which is Rowdy Roddy Piper's very first credited role. That no, movie was like 82, was, wasn't it? I think. I believe so. 80 and or 82. Yeah, I, I think 82 sounds about right. But it was Piper's first credited role in a movie. Noah Hathaway was in a movie called The Chair, which was Roddy Piper's last credited movie ever. So it bookended Piper's career, and they both had great tales to tell about working with Roddy Piper. Uh, Michael B. Moynihan actually got to choke him out on screen. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> So, now, not to, we're going to tie this in real quick. I'm going to I'm going to jump in here with a Roddy Piper tie-in, Roddy Piper tie-in, because this week I have obtained it is currently on the way to my apartment. Actual notes from the legendary Rowdy Roddy Piper's promo book, where he's cut where where written promos about Adrian Adonis. I am so excited to have this. It's really gonna. It's just neat. It's going to inspire my next record because I have Rowdy Piper's notes. It's going to be neat. I hope you find those. I will have you know, you sent me down a rabbit hole (laughs) because I watched the entire 1986-87 run of Wrestling Superstars and Wrestling Challenge trying to find those promos, and I found bits and pieces of him Saying the, the the lines that you have written on that page. Nice. Oh, that is fucking cool. Yeah, it's all I, in the lead into WrestleMania three. How fun, dude! How so fun. I, yeah, I was up to like three in the morning just watching, and like, okay, this is great. I started on YouTube, and then I'm like, screw it, I'm just gonna watch the whole run, and that's what I've been on. <laughs> Did you load? Is it on the Peacock? It is on the Peacock. Oh boy! Uh, but you, but yeah, you'll you'll start when. Uh, when they start having their little their little feud, the pit versus the flower shop, mm-hmm. and you'll hear those lines all the way sprinkled in throughout that whole run. Oh, that's great! Nice, yeah, that's so it's, cool. It's awesome. Now, now that I interrupted, are there any other thoughts that you have, or any other stories from Grand Con that you want to re- relay to to the masses on Twitch? Uh, I it, it was just it was a great event, and I think it's only going to get better because. Now they have that taste of having the celebrities there. They had the folks that did um, uh, X-Men, the animated series, which they were great people. Uh, They had Larry Houston, who was uh, the first African-American storyboard artist and animator hired by Filmation. So he was heavily involved in uh, like the He-Man. He he illustrated a lot of the He-Man comic books that came with the figures. Holy crap. That's awesome. So we got to talk to him. He's a great guy. Uh, but they got that that flavor of having the celebrities there, and they were a pretty good draw, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so hopefully they they advance that a little more. And there's talk of possibly including some wrestling next year. Oh, cool! Well, what there, that was the plan about to be there with with retro. We'll have, we'll have, we'll have like a. I, I would like to do all, all of us together next year. That's I the think goal. it would be awesome. It would it would be a great time. Uh, and it would really add to the overall vibe of that area um, because they saw what we did and they really loved it. So I think that would be a, a great idea. Excellent. Fun, fun anecdote to the, uh, to the con there. My uh, old high school best friend, Eric Dreer was there. He was selling wooden weapons uh, at the same con. I did not know he was there until he posted. Uh, I can't remember what his webpage is called. It's like things by Eric or something like that. And he's like here at grand uh, Island comic con thing. And I'm like, Oh cool. Mikey's there too. And that was kind of fun. 
I want Mikey or Sam. Could you just introduce like everything like this? Here at Grand jazz Rockers, hands. Like yeah, your your jazz hands are the best. Like you know what your your comatose performances are often like people talk about your hand movements during the show. You were an excellent hand talker. Thanks, bud. I just, just a random compliment. I'm You're welcome. To give you. You're welcome. During your your uh, recent comatose uh, uh, broadcast, you did. I tuned into the replay. I was driving, <laughs> and That's I safe. have. Yeah, yeah, it was very safe. I, I, I was, you know, I, I had the, the screen up. Right on the entire time. I did. I did. I had. I had a pistol with me. I was good. Um, <laughs> but I find myself doing some of the hand movements that you do on stage during certain songs, and I nearly. Uh, drove off the road doing the, uh, the, the slash stab slash slash cut thing that you do. Yeah, I was I was just going with it. Stab, it was great. Stab, stab, cut. To the yeah, rhythm I, I, of I the love, pump and heartbeat. Well, thanks, man. Speaking of this, yeah, Sam. Hmm. Last last weekend on Twitch, you did a limited engagement. Yeah, comatose kills a very very entertaining multimedia presentation that I think is going to set the precedent for a lot of the things that we do musically from here on out being the Sith that we are over at Cutthroat Productions. But I wanted you to talk about that. Could you could you give us an overview of Comatose Kills, the idea and how it went? Well, my whole thing with uh, performing on the internet since, you know, the pandemic, uh, when the pandemic first started, you know, all these touring musicians and stuff were, oh, we're just going to do stuff at home and we'll, we'll just make it that way. And I'm watching these things and they're just basically setting up a camera phone or a webcam and just capturing everything through the webcam. And I'm like, there's gotta be a better way of doing this. Like I saw Riza do a DJ set. I'm like, bro, you, you're, you're the, the leader of the Wu-Tang. You have a multi-million dollar operation, if not a billion dollar operation. And you're at home entertaining me with your phone. I don't, I don't want that. So I did a little bit of research, found out how to do it. You know, I've got the multicam set up and, you know, the pandemic's over now. We did live from Studio C during the course of the pandemic to try to entertain people. And I'm like, well, you know, horrorcore is a hard sell pretty much anywhere unless you're like in Detroit, Ohio, that conglomerate there, Illinois. They kind of got their own. It, it, it's, it's a hotbed over there. Outside of there, it, it, it's harder to get those types of shows get off the ground. So I'm like, well, I haven't been booked in a while and I feel like performing. So let me throw my full fledged set that I been, have been trying to do lately. I think I did it. I think I did it with that Otis Julius show. Cause we both had the multi, uh, multi video thing going on. So I was like, how do I bring this home? How can I integrate this whole thing? So I set up, you know, the projector, pipe that in and then pipe that into the thing and had the mixer going and just, it was utter chaos. <laughs> you know, um, I tried to bring something really entertaining that you don't really get to see from an online streaming event. Sure. There are now people out there who are taking it a little more seriously. They're getting good cameras, good audio set up and multiple cams, but I was like, okay, I've got multiple cams. I've got a POV cam. I've got this projector. I've got, uh, you know, a way to pipe in the projector. So I'm going to try to really just go. And that's what I did. You know, I, I put on about a, a half hour set. Um, it played live once. And then I did a replay because I do have a kind of a bigger fan base in Germany, Poland, Deutschland, places like that. So I did a replay on Facebook at yeah. 11 
And uh, now it doesn't exist. So it was a one-time thing. And maybe I'll do like comatose kills again sometime end of summer, beginning of fall. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good time. You're going to do comatose kills again? Call it again? Yeah. Or like comatose kills too? No, again. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be like the machete thing. Machete kills, machete kills again. Machete kills in space, you know, the whole thing. Has machete gone to space yet? No. I know that, that was, they're supposed to. I want that to happen. So yeah, it was and, it was really fun. Went to space. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I was really, you know, I, I'm a, I'm pretty biased, but I liked how you tied the way it looked, the way that it tied in the film that you tie in your audio visual, your audio visual presentation on stage. It kind of, it, it really came across really well on this medium, like seeing, seeing the, the, the film chunks and then your little face, my little it, face. It, it, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. And I think that, uh, we should keep doing that. I, I I would really like to see see another. There there will be, so, and, and it kind of marks a, a new chapter. I think it's kind of closing a book, and then mm-hmm. opening a new one because I've got plans and we're working on new things. And we we talked about this off camera, so yes, yes, I'm aware of what's what's down the pipe for old Cutthroat Productions, and I'm I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take it back. We're taking over whatever what all the whatever it is. All the kids we're taking over the not city, did, Mikey. Yeah. Not only did you uh, did you kind of create a genre of music, um, but I think you also were one of the forefront you know leaders of the new presentation of the the streaming concert experience. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And I've told you this before. the The one thing that I really enjoy about your music is I can understand you. <laughs> I, I, I'm a big lyrics guy, and I can understand you. And I really, really do appreciate the presentation that you you made. Oh, thank you. I, I do appreciate You got that. two people that like you. Coming from Tweaky the Clown, I will wear that right here on the shoulders. <laughs> um, All I really did was I finished Clone Wars, guys. And also, we watched the third installment of the the Star Wars series, the Revenge of the Sith, I'll tell you what: Clone Wars is the best. Mm-hmm. Try telling know, people. Yeah, I don't. I don't get how it's not just. They really should have just, like my hot take, remake the entire first three movies in Clone Wars style because that's what I want to see. And I just <laughs> really like. I really like Anakin and Padme more in Clone Wars than I do the live action version. Um, I just re- I recommend it to everybody, and we started watching the Bad Batch mm-hmm. because Erica loves clones, guys. She does. I didn't I didn't know this about my wife when I married her, but she loves clones. <laughs> I don't know if she knew it when we got married that one day we like the highlight of our life would be watching Star Wars chronologically. <laughs> I'm loving that, absolutely loving. Because it. She, she's 100 percent of me that she may be too young for you, bro. If she doesn't know who Luke Skywalker is, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, that being said, let's, di- let's dive into, uh, the pro wrestling news of the world, of the, the world today, because that's what our podcast is mainly about, uh, podcasts or uh, pro wrestling. We're not about podcasts. We're about pro wrestling. We're the podcast podcast where we just talk about other podcasts. Yeah, we could shout out to, uh, mostly speaking Sentai. Listen to that. Their most recent episode, Lord and Savior, Willie Mays over the, uh, over my my work day yesterday in the office, which was whack. <laughs> Not the podcast, but my work day. Um, 
it was it was pretty enjoyable. Very funny stuff. Keep uh, James McCollum. Shout out to the Marshland Monster. It was a huge single out, by the way. Uh, Gene material. Go check that out. Just a random shout out there. I didn't I didn't plan that. That's so fine. I probably would have wrote it a little bit better because I like the podcast. But uh, WrestleMania happened. But before WrestleMania, we got together and we watched a little Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, and it delivered. Like the hype was so big, and it delivered from from front to back. We got to see some really neat things. Uh, Tully Blanchard, Tully Blanchard Enterprises looks really fun. Brian Cage is over in Ring of Honor now, and that they're big scary men. Uh, but the big highlight, of course, was the FTR versus Briscoe's match that we have been so excited for, and it actually delivered. It was just the most incredible tag team wrestling match that I have maybe ever seen. Like, reflecting on it with a week, it, it's hard to... I can't find much that beats it. I, I, there's some tires for me, but that that is the... Uh, it, it, it was just beautiful. It was so fun. And, the, and R- Jay Lethal... Our subject today, the, the Jay Lethal's performance uh, against was he wrestled Jonathan Gresham, right? Uh, no, that was that was, that was Bandito. He came in and, and ran, oh, yeah. ran in on John Gresham, right? He, he okay. So, but Jay Lethal had a it was a TV title match. Maybe was that was that what it was? <laughs> I don't even remember. I don't who remember. <laughs> TV title was uh, was uh, uh, Suzuki. Suzuki won that, right? Yeah, and. I know Jay Lethal had a fucking match on that thing because it was what led to this this episode. You know, but the the <laughs> did Jay did Jay Lethal wrestle Wheeler? I'm no Wheeler. You beat, right beat the other guy. He beat the pure champion. See, we know nothing about Ring of Honor, which is <laughs> which is super fun. But it, 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 it was, was such Jay Lethal versus Lee Moriarty. Yes, Lee Moriarty. Match. Excellent match, but then like that's when I realized, hey, I don't really know much about Jay Lethal, and that led to that. But guys, what are your thoughts on Supercard of Honor? Other than it was just fucking fun. <laughs> the great thing about uh, the Briscoes versus FTR is they brought back the magic of a wrestling match, almost being portrayed as a fight. Like these two guys do not like each other, and they're really kind of going at it. Now, I'm sure behind the scenes, they probably have big mutual respect for each other. And, you know, the, the promos were, were pretty outlandish and pretty fun and kind of kind of below the belts and some things. But I'm sure it was all just in the name of the sport. And it really built up a lot of hype. It was probably, what, a good six-month buildup, seven-month buildup of, of oh, them probably. calling out FTR on the internet. So this, do I want to say over-delivered? I don't know. Did it deliver perfectly? Exceptionally, it delivered. Um, I we all popped huge for everything. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah. Just the physicality and the storytelling was top shelf. Like it took me back to being nine years old, believing that these guys are really like trying to hurt each other. But of course, you know, being the grown men that we are, we know this is this is all respect and four men trusting each other with each other's lives. So uh, it was. 10 out of 10 star match. Uh, I'd give it all the stars. I, I, I honestly, all my the stars, the galaxy. Yeah. I, I, it's the best tag team room match I can think of in the last 20 years. You know, that, that, that was my honest critique. I can't really think of anything that's can beat it. Mikey. Mikey, you saw it. What'd you think? Well, I, I think just like we've discussed previously, 
especially that match, but I think most of the matches on the card, they had more of an old school feel to them. They, uh, the build, especially to, to the tag team match, the build was a long build. It was long ter- longer term storytelling than, hey, in three weeks, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. You know, it was the, the build, the build, and then all of a sudden, boom, it happens. And you were actually looking forward to it rather than here they go and they're going to wrestle again in, in three more weeks in a different stipulation. I don't think that's going to happen. I think that they had a good build a decent kind of blow off to the, the, the feud that had built, but the selling, like you've talked about before, if they do a power move, one guy is going to be hurt from the move. The other guy's going to be hurt from delivering the move. They, they portrayed that beautifully. Um, but the whole, the whole card was, I felt the same way. It was like watching, just like you said, it was like watching wrestling when I was, you know, 10 years old. And it's like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Um, I enjoyed the Suzuki match. I have become a fan of Suzuki. Yeah. He, you know, he's he your just, kind of guy. Uh, what's that? He's your kind of guy. He's just well, yeah, brutal. I, yeah. Brutal. And, uh, and he kind of has that air about him. It's like, I'm old, but I will still destroy you. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that. Um, the, you know, top to bottom, great card. Uh, the women's match I thought was, it was a very good match. Um, right. We, we, we enjoyed that. And the only thing that, that you guys kind of uh, gave me shit about was I didn't really pop for Samoa Joe. <laughs> we did. Yes. I think we're, that was hilarious. You may have been too stoned. I, I don't know. Uh, that, that, <laughs> but, that could possibly be. Um, I, I'll I, tell you I, what, I, like, that hey, main event, that main event delivered. Like it oh, was yeah. so fantastic. Yep. Uh, Bandito, who Sam doesn't like his gimmick, which is fine. Bandito and uh, Jonathan Gresham just put on a show. I didn't realize Jonathan Gresham was so small. See, not no like five small being five foot four, like in stature, but he's a gigantic man. Don't get me wrong. Right. They just put on a a great match, and then the post match angle when Lethal and, and Sam's friend Sanjay Dutt came out, the, <laughs> and, and they like, and then Samoa the Samoa Joe pop in the house was great because me and Sam both. Yelled, yeah, <laughs> like 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 we, we were th- like we were there. It. We yelled, yeah, yeah. We couldn't <laughs> believe it. And Mikey's just like, oh shit, Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe. Here's like, Mikey. Shit, here's man. Mike. Here's Mikey in the background. Oh, Samoa Joe. <laughs> that, that was it. <laughs> and me and Mike are like, holy shit, Samoa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Our hands are up in the air. Yeah. We're yelling like Eric like we were front row. Middle. <laughs> She's laughing yeah. at the Samoa Joe pop, but Mike, yep. yeah, Mike didn't give it. Um, also from that show, well, first off, Willow Nightingale is someone that we were into. I was introduced to. I don't know if you guys had seen Willow Nightingale before. Nope. Um, and she had a good week. She she had uh, last night on uh, Rampage. She had what was probably Red Velvet's best match of her career. Except she the was ending. Her the ending was kind of botched. There was a very, little bit. very sloppy at the end. Right, but but other than that, I was actually I was I was like, go Willow, go. You know, and I've seen like thirty Red Velvet matches <laughs> in miscellaneous AEW dark things, and then she she uh, she has improved so much, and so that final sloppy part is was almost expected, but it really impressed me. So Willow Nightingale had a great week because she made Red Velvet look great, and she made. Uh, 
she had a great match with Mercedes Martinez. So and, and hopefully we're going to see more of her on TV. And then Wheeler Yuta just had a star-making week. Yeah, I would say Wheeler Yuta is having the best week of his entire life right now. Because, man, oh, man, he had such a great match. That pure championship match um, was terrific. And then he came in the match with Jonathan John, Jonathan Moxley last night. Jonathan Moxley. Was, was just out of control. The Crimson Mask was Foley-esque. And he just kept fighting, and you just you're rooting for this guy, and the like, almost believe that he might be able to beat Moxley. I did, I did, I actually did. I'm like, are they gonna put him over? Are they gonna put him over? Like, is he gonna win? And that's how he's getting into the Blackpool Combat, which this would be Mikey's favorite faction. I'm throwing that out, like, led by William Regal, and just the the pure violence that that is involved with this group of guys. Huge William Regal fan. You you should really find a way to watch that whenever you can. Because yeah. you would just get little hard nipples, if, if hard, not, hard if, nips, if not a chug. Yeah, just yeah. talking it well, you know. Hey, like a full fucking, a full fucking thing of nickels down there. Full mass. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a two dollar roll of nickels down there. That's right. WrestleMania guys. Yeah, I'm gonna say this right now. I am not a fan of WWE recently at all. I think that their program is repetitive and boring, but WrestleMania was fan-fucking-tastic. It might have even been stupendous. The two nights, I, I think it over-delivered for me in, in every possible way. Cody Rhodes came back, actually came back, and he is appreciated by the fans in WWE. Like, well, a, a returning champion. Now, we've had, I want to I address the Cody Rhodes situation because Sam... You made mention that welcome to the mid card. Well, he's been in the mid card in AEW the entire time he's been in AEW. Like he he didn't get any championship run, so he's going back to the same situation. But actually, the fans fans appreciate him. And honestly, on the Raw after WrestleMania, he was the only good thing on the show. Like his promo was the there was nothing else worthwhile on that show. He was the we'll reason about the, I, why I tuned into Raw, and I have right. not tuned into Raw in probably twenty three years. Right, like and that's what I'm saying. And there was there was literally nothing else worth worth watching except for one other thing that we'll bring up after this because I know that Mikey's pumped up to talk about Ezekiel. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, the thing about um, the the raw after mm-hmm. is I, I I watched the Hulu where they cut it they cut an hour out of it. Right. There were two matches on that. Yeesh. That on the entire Hulu thing. Yes. Two. Matches. Really. Yes. Um, they did all the talking segments and they cut all the matches, but two. <laughs> and wow. I was sitting there going, what the hell is this? You know, you didn't uh, really miss much in all honesty. Well, and they, that's what they, <laughs> they cut out the filler and I thought, well, what the hell was the rest of it? If this is the best they could provide. You yeah, know? it was not good. It was so disappointing for being a raw after WrestleMania, but yeah. let me get back. Let's, let's, let's get back to let's WrestleMania. WrestleMania because there's a because lot to talk about. I really enjoyed just the first night was outstanding. Um, Steve Austin returning and having an actual match with Kevin Owens. That was fun as hell. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. Even though Vince old ass Vince McMahon got in the ring, took the worst stunner in the history of stunners because he's 76 years old, but I still thought it was fucking cool. Like the kid in me just marked out. Um, Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair had a tremendous match. Yep. That Becky Lynch is or, or Bianca Belair is still wearing. She's got the black eye 
from that match. So like they were they were pretty stiff. Uh just that first night was so outstanding. And then the second night was just pure sports entertainment. We had that Johnny Knoxville match, Love which that. was so fucking hilarious to me. I laughed so much during that match and had it and then uh Logan Paul came and he he did great. Another celebrity that really took like I hate that kid. I think his personality and everything he does is terrible, but he really he showed the fuck out. He's a natural professional wrestler, and he he did a great, great job. Now the, th- like, the thing with with Logan Paul, uh, after the match, Vince McMahon walked up to him and said, "Your future is here, pal." Yeah, your future is right here. He uh, looks like a pro wrestler. You know he what I mean? Does. Like, and he respects the business because he did an interview afterwards, and mm-hmm. he said, "Let me tell you, those of you that say that this is fake, basically, he said, fuck off." Yeah, he said it hurt. He said I had to practice for the match. That hurt, so I was already sore going into it, and it hurt even more doing the match. Yeah, and I don't he know said, if he was Bad Bunny good, but he was great. Like he he was really solid. I, I and, thought he I thought he was better than Bad Bunny actually. I mm, I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like that sentiment. And then Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns was great too. I I don't know if he really popped his shoulder out with that Kimura. Yeah, he actually looked, did. Yeah, it looked yeah. like it, and uh, Roman Roman again delivered with the uh, the the opposite shoulder spear. <laughs> it, 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 like that dude's tough. He's tough as fuck, and uh, Brock made him look great. If you if you watch that match after the match after the pin, which it, it ended five minutes before it was supposed to, mm-hmm. because of the injury, that's why it looked so weird at the end. It just kind of out of nowhere it was done. Yeah. Um, he actually gets up and they try to give him the belts and he just hands them off to Paul Heyman and he grabs. No, no. Oh. We lost Mikey. <laughs> but he does. He grabs the rope and holds it and then yeah, he yanks he, he, his he, shoulder he, back in. He popped his shoulder back in. Yeah. Okay. Mikey's back. All right. Good. Mikey's back. back. <clears throat> so, but yeah, it, 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 I thought it was great. Like you said, the, one of the highlights was the, the Johnny Knoxville match. I know a lot of people were pissed off about that. But it was sports entertainment. How fun. Yeah. Sami Zayn was great. He was fucking great. He took a body slam from Wee Man. It, it, it was iconic. It was the yes. second most iconic body slam in WrestleMania history. If not, later on, 15 years down the road, maybe we think Wee Man slamming Sami Zayn is bigger than Hulk slamming Andre. Just possibly. saying. Hot, hot take. Hot Quite take. Possibly. I, yeah. It delivered. I, you know, I had uh, uh, Corey was down uh, here to the casa, and my dad, and we watched it on the big screen on the wall. You know, I mm-hmm. projected to the wall, and we we enjoyed it. We watched the the show back to back, though. We watched Saturday. We started Ooh, at four in the afternoon. Wow. We watched it, Ooh. and then just as that was winding down, we had it timed perfectly where the street profits were heading to the ring, and it was perfect. That's a, that's a big evening. Very nice. The other part... I prefer it that way. I want to throw one... The the Hall of Fame. This is the first Hall of Fame I've watched in a very long time. And I thought it was presented very well. They kept kept everyone else pretty clear and concise until we got to The Undertaker. And The Undertaker gave a legitimate TED Talk. He really (laughs) Uh, did. A career-spanning, career-spanning TED Talk where he walked around the ring. The presentation... He did great. Like, The Undertaker was amazing as a public motivational speaker. 
like, like he definitely is going to make plenty of money doing that because it was just phenomenal. And uh, WWF mentioned something. Mikey mentioned this when we in our previous talk that like they mentioned Brian Adams, they, they like people that were not that are usually not welcome on WWF TV. The only thing that uh, I Mick Foley, not enough Mick Foley talk because I really think Mick Foley was was important in keeping the the Undertaker. There was Fuck zero McFoley talk, yeah. which was kind of shitty. Really weird. And did you see really that uh, he got called out on social media from Noel? And then like everyone yes. backlashed the fuck on Noel. And I was like, I kind of understand Noel's like thing like that because Mick Foley it's really- the most famous match in wrestling history. Fact. And I mean, he, Mick Foley gave Undertaker extra life. Like he would have been kind of- just doing normal ass Undertaker things. And then like Mick Foley with the boiler room brawl, the casket match, the buried alive match, the hell in the cell, all that stuff was mad entertaining and, and so much buildup and so much story and so much history that really carried the Undertaker in, in 96, 97, like that, those whole two to three years that those two were going back and forth. It was just, I'm like, really bro, you're not going to mention like one of the dudes who kind of puts you on a, even bigger plateau like come on i i, I kind of felt no on that but i also understood the public like yeah it's not really about mick though i'm like yeah okay got right. that but he really should have gave him a nod because that was a, yep. a, a rather important chunk of his career maybe he forgot like that, he, there was a lot of very well could be very well like that the other thing there's so much shit that he talked about in that fucking hour there yeah my thing like, is like how how are you going yeah. to address your costume lady but not shout out mick like that was weird right that was really weird right. to me the well, oh the, I think another that... little undertaker tidbit before we before i forget i just want to because you guys will think this is fucking great i saw an interview he was doing i think with sean ross stat sean ross stat from uh fightful but uh you know there's that picture of him in the old la- in an old lady and they say it's his grandma yep he was like I have no idea who this woman is or why I'm in her house. <laughs> He's like, that is not my grandma. <laughs> so, like debunking that myth was so fucking hilarious to me. He's like, I'm like, that's really not his grandma. And he's like, I have no idea why I was in her house. <laughs> Mikey, what were you going to say so about good. Undertaker? Well, I, I, and this is uh, addressing the Mick Foley thing. I think that Noel Foley cared way more about that than Mick actually cared about. Probably. Yeah. Mick was like, eh, whatever, you know. I think Mick's actually probably kind of tired of hearing about the hell in the cell. Oh, sure. You know, and he kind of addresses that when he does his his talking shows. He's like, for ever since then, that's all anybody wants to ask me about. Ask me about something else. Yeah. You know, Um, so I think that Noelle kind of got her, her nose out of joint just trying to defend her dad, but I don't think her dad really gave a shit. I bet deep down he kind of did because Mick's a softy. Oh. If you read his book, he he really does care oh, yeah. about other people's opinions. I'm sure on a small level it probably bothered him, but not enough to be like, "Well, I'm gonna go say something about it." And like he's just like, eh, "Right, it, it happened. It's fine." Mick Foley did have a great WrestleMania moment, though. He did. Yes, he, he was watching. He was watching from his TV, and one of his sons videotaped his reaction to Vince McMahon's stunner, and he was crying, laughing so hard about it. Yeah. And I, I loved it. Like he, he was like pissing himself, laughing about it. My summation. You know, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Oh go, no, no, go, go, go. I, I didn't watch all of WrestleMania because I have not enjoyed the WWE product in a long time, and 
commanding two nights of my attention two days in a row is a lot to ask. I had it on my my iPad just kind of playing in the background, and I watched tidbits here and there, and I would probably say it was either uh, Cody Rhodes versus uh, Rollins or uh, Becky versus uh, Banks. Those those That was either... Those, you could have switched those out for best match of both nights. They were both phenomenal. Just right. the work was amazing. And I didn't catch much. I, I, I caught Drew McIntyre cutting the rope. I didn't understand the point of that. That was really dumb. I was like, okay, yeah. It's the payoff of him carrying that sword for a year. Is that what it was? That, was that the buildup? I mean, I mean, the story It's line. the first time he actually used it. Like... I don't, yeah, I don't get why he's carrying the sword. I mean, it's cool, I guess. The Berserker did it better. Hashtag. 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 Huff. 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 Okay. Because he, he stuck the Undertaker in the back with it, with the broadside of it. Right. Um, and then what what happened to, to, to Charlotte Flair and, and, and uh, Ronda Rousey? That was kind of the shits a little bit. I really expected more, and I was like, wow, I'm glad you guys kind of weren't the main event because that was the rumor that they were supposed to close the evening, and I, I think they picked the right thing with going with Austin and and KO. And my, my thing was, actually, I stopped watching the Austin and KO thing after, like, two minutes of the fight because I don't want to remember Stone Cold kind of hobbling and not good on his knees because his knees were really, really shot in that. I he was He couldn't even run to the ring and... It made me feel bad. Like I'm like, okay, you're you're having a fight. Cool. I'm just gonna stop there and just remember you the way you were. Because when I start seeing him do the the stomp a mud hole in you and and trying to maneuver, I'm like, your knees are really bad, bro. <laughs> I'm glad you're not wrestling. I wish he would have gave us his goodbye match 20 years ago when he decided to quit wrestling. But I don't hate it. I understand why it exists. I'm glad everyone finally got closure. That's really cool. Uh, the the fun stuff, you know, on night two with him coming back. That that's the part I would have popped for. I did not watch night two. Um, I can't, oh no, I did watch night two because night two had the the Knoxville and and Sami Zayn. I caught that whole thing. I, I watched bits and pieces, but uh, I'm, I'm, I I am glad he did, did come back and give the whole like Monday Night Raw feel for 2099 era, where I'm gonna fuck up the boss again. And then the 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 Wee Man and and. Sami Zayn spot was probably my favorite spot in the whole WrestleMania thing. Yeah. Him picking up that man who was like four times his size and actually stalling it. Like he didn't just kind of go over. He held him. Yeah. And then dropped him. I'm like, yeah, holy dude. crap. That was impressive. So uh, party boy. Yeah. Party and boy. Part, finally remember, I, that was the text I sent you guys. I was like, finally, yeah. party boy is in WrestleMania. This is all I've ever wanted. <laughs> finally. <laughs> I was I was in it. I like how Michael Cole sold that he had no clue who Party Boy was. Right. He was like, is this you a know? guy from the crowd? I don't understand yeah, they, what's they going sold on. It like this is a, a fan? What what's going on? Then he he takes his, his pants off and he's like, Oh, this is Party Boy. <laughs> I understand why the world at large shit on it, but sometimes you just got to have fun and do stupid shit. Yeah, I loved it. It lived up to everything it was supposed to be. You knew it wasn't going to be a wrestling oh, match for because sure. it had Johnny fucking Knoxville in it. You right. knew there was going to be some stupid shit. And when they when they uh, brought out the little the foot contraption, my dad says, what in the hell is that? I go, they're <laughs> going to kick him in the balls with it. Yep. I go, that's what they do. And my dad's like, okay. And he goes, is that a bowling ball? I go, it's going to hit him in the nuts. And my dad goes, my dad hates Johnny Knoxville and he hates jackass. He always has. 
and he was actually entertained by it. Um, I, the moment that I popped hardest for in the whole match was when um, Mark Henry and May Young's son made his WrestleMania moment. <laughs> the hand. The big hand that yeah. slapped him. Yeah, for sure. He has grown into quite a stout hand. <laughs> he really is. He's really taken after his father. No. Oh, no, we lost the, I, Mikey we again. <clears throat> it's fine. Mikey there. He's, he's frozen in time. All right, well, I'll tell you what. I don't want to leave WrestleMania without talking about Pat McAfee. He's back. Pat McAfee and Austin Theory was terrific. Pat McAfee is a tremendous athlete, personality. He he is such a valuable asset to the World Wrestling Entertainment Company. He he brings so much to the table. And that match with Austin Theory was terrific. The spot with Stone Cold was terrific, where he's laying on the ground drinking the beer after he got stunned. Yes. Um shout out to Pat McAfee. He is a he is one of the most entertaining things on WWE television, and he can wrestle his ass off. That spot you know where he stuff? jumped from the floor to the top rope in one oh, fluid yes. motion. I yeah. was like, why has no one ever really done that before? That is fucking amazing. I yeah. thought that was really sweet. Yeah. And he's the, the guy. Uh, the, the aftermatch stunner, was, mm-hmm. he was not aware he was going to be taking... No, no! <laughs> yeah, he, he, he was not aware he was going to be taking that stunner. Yeah. Byron Saxon got one too. Yes. Like everybody lived out their dreams that night. Yeah. The, 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 over those two nights, everybody that ever wanted a stunner caught one. Right. <laughs> I didn't get mine. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll take um, care of that later. Are you Corey Graves? Got, Corey Graves and Carmella got married this week, guys, on a Thursday. No, oh, cool. Throw that out there. <laughs> anybody? Any thoughts on the, the, the marriage? Did you see the wedding photo? Uh, With, which one? Uh, it, it had. It had Several different wrestling superstars lined up, dead mm-hmm. center, and everybody was dressed very nicely. They're in their suits. They were all at, at dead center. Was John Moxley in a Cincinnati Bengals T-shirt and a fanny pack? And everybody <laughs> is shitting on him for this. <laughs> They're like, "Could you not dress up for a fucking wedding?" No, Renee looks nice. You know who else didn't dress? Tyson Kidd also didn't dress up. I saw a picture of him and Natalie, and he was er, Natty, and he was wearing a, a T-shirt and jeans as well. Well, he, so he shout was, out to those two scumbags. Uh, Happy Corbin was in his Happy Corbin outfit. Because that's what you got to wear to a wedding. Yeah. Was Madcap Moss there with his shorts and fucking <laughs> over the nips? Yeah. I did not see him there. Guys. Yeah. Any other thoughts? No. I, I, I was, it was a thick weekend of wrestling, but it was entertaining all around. Post WrestleMania, Raw and SmackDown. SmackDown was better than Raw, but programming's back to normal. Very, very boring stuff. Uh, we got Ezekiel. <laughs> Elias is Elias is back as his younger brother Ezekiel. <laughs> He's shaved. <laughs> I don't understand. It was kind of funny. Remember like, when I, I sent you guys a message? I'm like, is this a real angle? Did they just shave him like, and I, pretend he's his brother, or is this actually his I, younger brother? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. like, is it re- like, cause KO kind of no sold it. He's like, like, what the fuck uh, are you talking about? <laughs> even on commentary, they said, this guy look, is, is, is that Elias? I didn't I, know who it was coming yeah, down. On, the crowd did not pop. They had no fucking clue who it was. Yeah. I just can't believe yeah, this yeah. is a for real angle in 2023, 2022, that, wherever the fuck we are. We're going to shave you big, and you're somebody else. That was their big return. That was their big return on Monday night. Now, last night we got Lacey Evans back. 
uh, with a new a new gimmick where she's not the sassy Southern Belle. She actually like talked about abuse from her from her father and stuff. It was yeah. it was you know, I'm the most interested in Lacey Evans that I've ever been. Excuse me. And then somebody else came back last night, but it, I don't know. It just I don't I don't really care about WWE TV at all. Just me give neither. me. I'll just watch WrestleMania each year. And yeah, Survivor Series and SummerSlam. Those are the only three I yeah. care about. That's all you really need, any, actually. Any other thoughts on this week's programming? AEW's TV was great. <sighs> they really should have had, They really should have had the Briscoes run in during that fucking match <laughs> and got the revenge on fucking <sighs> those fucking FTRs. No, not on FTR. On the Hardly Boys. God, the Hardy Boys are horrible. No, the Hardly Boys. Matt and Nick. Sorry. Oh, but the Hardy Boys are really bad. Yeah, they are really bad. They, like, are they drunk? I think they just need to be in deathmatch wrestling and just call it a day. Their in-ring work is just really, really bad. It's been so bad. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-mm. I'm so confused by what's going on. But it's fine. I mean, AEW is at least fucking interesting, and they're putting on entertaining matches, and they're, they're, they allow blood and, and, and some things, and they, they push a little more envelope than WWE, and... The camera angles don't give me a headache, and you know it's it's a it's a better quality product in my opinion. You know who I'm, the biggest fan of AEW is right now, don't you? Who's that? Tony Khan. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He really likes AEW. He is he is the biggest fan of his own product, and he gets so excited as he should. Yeah, he's got the money. He was pumped for Samoa Joe. He's got the money to play with wrestling figures in real life. Right. Also, Wednesday, Samoa Joe versus Minoru Suzuki for the ROH TV title. Just throwing that out there. That's going to be That's fucking be phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Boys? Guys, you guys want to talk about, you know, you know, talk about Jay Lethal? Let's talk about Jay Lethal. Sure. It's story time with Mike. Jamar Shipman. Jamar is his real born, name. Yes. He was born April 29th, 1985 in Elizabeth, New Jersey. His parents were Ronald and Shirley Shipman, and he has six Pardon me, five siblings. He's one of six children. Uh, he is a big advocate for big families. He's like, we had built-in friends. We had family game nights. Really, really wholesome fucking childhood. Um, his his older brothers were big into football at his high school. And he said, no, I don't want to play football. And he played saxophone in the marching band. <laughs> 180. The coach gave him a lot of shit, but that, I mean, that was pretty much the highlight of his extracurricular high school activities. He did try out for the high school wrestling team, but it lasted a couple days because he's like, there are way too many rules in amateur wrestling for me. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not, a, he's not a rule guy. He just didn't like it. Never um, had an amateur wrestling match, Mike? Um, I, no. I have. There was the West Side Wrestling Club mm-hmm. that... I went. I think I went to a practice with Levitt once to see if I liked it. My mom really didn't want me in anything combat. That's too Any, bad. Anything. She wouldn't let me in football. She wouldn't let me in anything. But tell me about your amateur wrestling match. How My amateur wrestling match was against Juan Gomez. Oh. I, I was at the time in, in freshman. Uh, I was weighing 170. Juan Gomez was pushing it at 235. He was the closest person to my size. So I was severely outweighed but um our our coach god i can't remember was this at south high yes um, okay i can't remember the coach's name at the time because it wasn't wilcox it was the guy who just teaches general wrestling um mm-hmm. he taught a move when you're in referee's position which is 
you know, you, you stand over the guy, you kind of butt fuck him a little bit. You grab one arm and put the other arm under his stomach and then you go. I was, mm-hmm. I was bottom guy. I was receiving the cock in my ass. Yeah, you are. So I, I he, he showed us the move and I actually implemented the move and won the match against the fat boy. I grabbed his underarm, held it in and I rolled towards it and it flipped him over my back and I got, I got the pin for it because the fat boy was not expecting it. And I kind of turtled him. He's kind of like, oh, God, I got slammed over on my back. I'm like, yeah, winner. And that's one to know. That's that's my entire amateur wrestling history right there in one shot. One to know. Championship of the world. Yeah. I love learning things I didn't know about you. Juan Gomez, shout out for taking the L. Shout out to Juan. I wonder what Juan Gomez is up to. We called that the sow toss. Yes, I did indeed toss a sow. The sow toss. Did the old sow toss. Mike, did you do any amateur wrestling? I actually, uh, I founded the uh, the wrestling team at my high school. Oh wow! We did not have wrestling until my freshman year. Really? And uh, yeah, so uh, uh, myself along with another um, another wrestler, we had a, a kid move in from Omaha. That mm. he was a wrestler. He was a very accomplished wrestler, and we didn't have a team. So his dad had a fair amount of money. He bought the wrestling mats. My dad. Uh, went and campaigned and said, look, my kid wants to wrestle too. So we started the team and, uh, I, I ended up, I, I can't remember what my actual record was, but I had just as many wins as I had losses. So I, I ended on, you know, kind of a 50, 50. Nice deal. 500. Yeah. And still, I still, to this day, hold two school records. Hey, really? Yes. What two school uh, records? I had my nose broken the most times in a season, <laughs> which was three times in a, mm-hmm. in a single season. And I won the most matches by knockout. Wow. How many, how many knockout wins did you have? Two. You knocked two kids out wrestling? It, well, I, uh, my I dude. they would call it a choke out these days. I would put them in a headlock, but I would, I, you know, I was also, when I started my high school wrestling career, I also started martial arts at mm-hmm. the same time. So I knew some little dirty tricks that I could do, and I would put them in a headlock, but I would slide my thumb up along their carotid artery and then squeeze in, and they would kind of shake a little bit, and then they would fall with Limp. their shoulders to the mat. I'd get the pin. So unofficially, two knockout wins. Nice. That's yeah. amazing. Let's give it up. Let's give it up for the winners of, of amateur wrestling in this podcast. You guys, I yes. need to fucking go. I need to go have an amateur wrestling match to catch up. Yeah, you do. We could we could do it tonight. <laughs> we could. Oh, yeah, right tonight on the hard floor, California XPW. Might continue. Um, Jay Lee, or pardon me, Jamar, Mister Shipman. He attended a Jersey All Pro Wrestling show. He was into it at the age of sixteen, and during like the intermission, they had a competition where. They would kind of basically run 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 the ropes, take a bump, do a promo. They like they they ran that all the time, and uh, they picked four winners. And the 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 prize was you could come train at their dojo. He did not win, but he was the most talented person there. And they they didn't give him the debt because he was too young, so they didn't give him one of the one of the opportunities. But then at the end of it, they talked and they're like, "This kid's too good," and they gave him the deal where he could come and train. That's awesome. At their dojo. So he he won. He won the go and he this is the beginning of where he likens his career to like being uh Charlie in the chocolate factory. He won won the Willy Wonka thing. He really t- thinks like he won the lottery type of thing. Um now, now the Jersey Pro Wrestling organization is 
was a pretty big independent. Like it, it uh, Kenny Omega wrestled there. Uh, our favorite nine one one is a balloon. <laughs> like yes, every, everybody who's anybody has gone through who went through New Jersey, New Jersey All Pro Wrestling. Um, unfortunately, the facility was only open for six months. So he got six months of training for free that he won there. Um, and then he ended up training with uh, Dan Maff. He, Don, Dan Moff, I, he's a huge guy. Uh, he's been on M- NWA Power, and I think he's a EC, he was an ECW guy too. Um, so he trained with him. And then Mickey Whipwreck, Mikey Whipwreck nice. is also someone who trained, trained Jay Lethal, at least his initial training. Um, his backup plan was actually to be a carpenter. Huh. Like he decided he decided at 16 that he's gonna be a pro wrestler, but his backup plan was to be a carpenter. Um the first six years of his career, his dad went everywhere with him. So that, that's pretty cool. And then he he also wrestled with Jay. His father w- was part of several wrestling angles for Jersey All Pro. Um so wait, he, he would actually like square off against his dad? No, his dad would wrestle with him, and his dad was not a pro wrestler. Like, what do you mean he'd wrestle with <laughs> him? Like his tag team partner, his manager? Yeah, like his tag partner. Oh wow! Wow. He would ta- like he would tag with him, and he traveled with him. So they like they have a really Mikey like wholesome relationship. That's cool. <laughs> like to like to go full circle to the beginning of the show. Jay Lethal has a good relationship with his parents. Shout out. <laughs> I don't know what that's like. Me neither. Thanks, Dad, Mom. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess my mom's okay, but I don't know anything about my dad. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, Jersey All Pro was open from April of 1997 to February of 2018. Uh, Jay made his debut October 26, 2001 for uh, Jersey All Pro, and he wrestled there till 2003, and he, he, again, wrestled everybody from Kenny Omega to Homicide to just anybody that came through. He was the guy. But he only had two years of experience, and he went to Ring of Honor, and he... He really had what they, it's called imposter syndrome. He's like, they're going to find out I've only had two years of experience and I don't belong here. <laughs> but the, and, and, as we can, as we learn, it seems like every person we've kind of deep dived on has had that syndrome where they're like, oh my God, I'm not that good. And this is going to happen and it doesn't fucking matter. Right. Because he just has it. Yeah. In, in, in ultimately, what it comes down to, uh, he he debuted uh, in Ring of Honor January 11, two thousand three, as Hydro in a group called uh, Special K, and that was who he was with for the first couple years of his career. Did he have as a man? Hydro? What's that got to do with me? me? Did he have a man? And what's that got to oh, do with Special me? Special K. I think that's Positive K. Oh yeah, that is Positive K. Special K is a cereal. It is a cereal, and also ketamine. Oh, Mikey, did you fall asleep? <laughs> I think so. No, he's not breathing. Mikey, he's not breathing. There he goes. Yeah. <laughs> you froze with your eyes closed again. Yeah, you blinked oh, and it froze and it looked like you just died. <laughs> it's fine. Um, the cul- the culmination of his time is is Hydro. He wrestled CM Punk. Um, pretty cool. And then uh, he became Samoa Joe's protege. Samoa Joe was like, you need to change your name from Hydro and take this seriously. So he changed his name back to uh, Jay Lethal. Uh, and then his first run with uh, Ring of Honor ended, and he went to TNA. Uh, he debuted December 17th, 2005. Now, something that was cool in my research that I found during his time in TNA, which is pretty significant, it's where he kind of rose to where his fame level went up considerably uh, as a six-time X Division champion. But, like, he did a lot of... 
the product placement. He did a lot of product placement for Jackass 2. So, like, he did the bowling ball spot in TNA because he was promoting promoting Jackass 2. So they had a big promotional spot for a couple weeks where he was doing Jackass stunts to promote the movie through TNA. I did not know Which that. I did not know because I have never seen a single episode of TNA television. So I have no idea what happened there. Yeah. Um, and he also did uh, promo work crossed into the wrestling for Mortal Kombat, uh, pardon me, Mortal Kombat Armageddon when that came out in the mid-2000s. They, they did wrestling shit with that and he was heavily involved. Um, and then back, backstage, uh, oddly enough, Kevin Nash was friends with the X Division. I don't know if he just didn't like people in general at that time. So he, they had, they had a separate, uh, locker rooms for the main guys. And then the X Division It's kind of famous. Young Bucks talk about it in their, in their biography and shit like that. But Kevin Nash would come hang out with the X Division guys and he and Jay Lethal developed a real friendship and to pop Kevin Nash. He showed him the impersonation of Randy Savage that he did. <laughs> and he, so Kevin Nash would ask him to do it all the fucking time. And he said, you should do that on TV. And Jay was like, no, I don't want to do it. But Kevin Nash convinced him to do Black Machismo on TV, which ended up being a huge thing for yes. him. Um, Black Machismo is is probably what he's most known for outside of the woo-off, which we will tackle here in a minute. God, that's so cool. Um, he he also formed Lethal Consequences here with a uh, with Xavier Woods, who was known as Consequences Creed back then. They were a they were tag team champions in the in in uh, TNA. So like, and they were a tag team until Xavier Woods went to WWE. So that I think that's pretty cool. Like, just I would love to see that tag team. I need to. I need maybe we should watch TNA TV because I don't know if any of you guys ever watched any of it. Nope. But I am Very completely. Little. I know nothing of it. And it, there's a lot of fun stuff that it sounds like happened there. Um, after the Black Machismo kind of ran its course, uh, he was off TV for a little bit, and he came back to Hulk Hogan. Like, he came back as Black Machismo, and he <laughs> he showed up on TV after a couple months, and he did the Mega Powers thing. <laughs> as, he's like, oh, Hogan. And uh, that, that led to Hulk Hogan giving him the Ric Flair Hall of Fame ring that I guess Abyss had won. Again, I don't know anything about that TV, pro about that program or what happened. But So he got the Ric Flair ring, and he started doing the Ric Flair impersonation, which was essentially the next step in his career, which led to the woo-off, <laughs> which uh, basically it was Ric Flair agreed to do promo work with him. Vince Russo approaches him, and he's like, we're going to do this, but Ric Flair doesn't let us write anything for him. So you have to go talk to him and see what you want to do. <laughs> so Jay Lethal, who has never met Ric Flair at this point. I mean, he's wrestled in the same company with him for years, but this is the first time he met him. He goes to his locker room. And he's like, hey, uh, Vince told us we're going to do some promo work. What do you want to do in the promo? And Ric Flair got up. He's like, yeah, I don't, I don't pre, pre, I don't do any preparation for my promo work. We don't write anything. And he's like, okay, I'm just going to go out and wing it. And he said that it was like the scariest moment of his life before he went out to start doing this. And it turned out to be one of the most famous wrestling promos in probably history where they're going back and forth wooing and Ric Flair's taking off his clothes. It just led to some great things. Uh, and I guess Ric Flair took a lot of time to teach him more and more about promos. He's really uh, kind of the, a perfect wrestler. He was, 
and the way that I see it, okay, so Kevin Nash taught him about backstage politics. Ric Flair taught him how to cut promos. And then he learned the finer points of wrestling from Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. So, like, it, it, it's just a, a perfect – Jay Lethal is a perfect storm of professional wrestling at this point. Um, but, the you know, the, the, he, he had a really solid run against six-time X Division champion in, in TNA, but then he went back to Ring of Honor, which led to where he became the greatest wrestler in Ring of Honor history, probably. He was the all-decade – he was the best wrestler of the 2010s. Uh, according to the Ring of Honor fans, and uh, he's where, where we're at right now. He's currently, he says he's the face of, of Ring of Honor, um, which is pretty true. Uh, he he was in the movie The Wrestler. Um, he also was on Family Feud with, with, with they did a TNA week where he, he was on there. Um, he also got to kiss Christy Hemme, Playboy model. Um, no big deal. I think it was the end of his TNA. He won the X Division championship, and then they made out, and that was another another big highlight of TNA. But is that, then, like is that said, he went to, winning another golden ticket? I th- I think so. Yeah, I would say again. So. This is he know he knew he made it when he actually got an action figure. Like his dad was like, "Do you know how many people on earth don't have an action figure?" I don't. Oh no, no. Yeah, actually, I do. It's right back there. You do. My bad. You do. So does so does he though, right. and he was also in three TNA Impact video games. I was not, which I did not. I was not. I didn't in know three. TNA video games existed. <laughs> I don't, so, I don't so think I'm in any it, video that, game. So he's got me. It's pretty cool, but that I mean that's him. He's he's a tw- he currently Twitch streams. He also runs a uh, wrestling school called the Wrestling Lab with Connor from the Ascension. Um, and he's doing that right now. Like that's that's what he does when he's not. On TV, it's in it's in Florida. Um, he's he's thrown out the first pitch in several for several major league baseball teams, which is kind of cool. I didn't even, I don't know if he even likes baseball, but he's thrown out the pitches for the White Sox, the Devil Rays, and at Yankee Spring Training. Uh, he became friends with Lonnie Poffo through this guy uh, named Ed Schumann. Now, this is back in the Black Machismo days, but this was a story that I thought that was definitely worth telling. Um, he thought it was a rib, but he basically gave him Macho Man's phone number, this Ed Schumann guy. And he, the the ribbing was so intense at that point in professional wrestling. He called the number and actually spoke to the spoke to him, but he thought it was a rib. For for any never called back. <laughs> and uh I guess it wasn't a rib. He ended up talking to Lanny Poffo about it and he's like, Yeah, no, he said you called one time and never called back. <laughs> So like he had this opportunity to pick pick the brain of Macho Man, and he didn't do it because he thought that they were playing a joke on him. And before he got a chance to call him back, Macho Man passed away. So that's like his biggest regret. Oof. In in fucking ribs, man. Got to be careful. You got to be careful because you miss out on shit. That's right. We're too worried about we're too worried about being ribbed, boys. Um, interesting thing, uh, and I believe this is the name, Ed Schumann, uh, was former business partner of Reggie Parks. Really? Yes. I, I believe Reggie talked about a, a Schumann quite a bit. I believe mm-hmm. it was Ed Schumann. It was, it was involved in the belt, belt business. Nice. See, we're all, we're all tied together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all tied together somehow, dude. We're like a big hive. 
Anyway, he said his three favorite matches were against Jay Briscoe, Roderick Strong, Strong and Matt Taven, all in Ring of Honor. I would like so to see that know, match. Right. If you want to know about Jay Lethal and you want to see his personal three favorite matches, again, they were against Jay Briscoe, Roderick Strong, and Matt Taven, which he, again, has wrestled everyone. And for those three to be his favorite are, are pretty, I, I think that says a lot. But that's what I got on, on Jay Lethal, man. Uh, there's some Me Too stuff about him that I'm not going to go into. I will mention it because it did happen. Uh, but he, what a good time. He, he's just an unlikely, it's just another situation where he's an, he's an unlikely star. An unlikely star. And you know, he, he didn't, he, he doesn't even believe he should be there, and he is. Hearing, hearing these stories of a lot of the wrestlers that we have dived into, there, there's really a life lesson to be learned. Just go, go after your shit because you never know yeah. what the fuck's going to happen. It seems like uh, all these wrestlers are like, I don't think I can do this. And then they end up being successful beyond their wildest dreams because they just said, fuck it. Let's go. You know, hey, just got to show up and do it, man. Yeah. Just show up and fucking do it. That's cool. Yeah. And the great thing about Jay Lethal is, I mean, I personally, I, I, I think he is a phenomenal in-ring worker. He is great on the mic and I would like to see him in 2022 capture either an ROH title or, or get that TNT strap. I think that would be a wonderful thing for him. He, uh, he's held every title in ring of honor. I think he's, he might be the only grand slam winner. So, I mean that, that in, then he's basically in the main event scene over there with Sanjay Dutt right now. Um, so that, I mean, that's all very possible. Yeah, my whole thing is, is like, what the fuck are they going to do with Ring of Honor? Are they just going to yeah. intermingle them with AEW? Are they going to be their own show? I just think he definitely, I mean, you know, you saw Wheeler Yuta with the ROH belt, uh, the pure belt. The, the Briscoes have the ROH tag champs. So it's like, are, are you guys mixing the two or are you keeping them separate? But whatever happens, I, I definitely think uh, Jay Lethal should be in the upper echelon of, of <clears throat> their workers. In the forefront, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. You should be on TV more. I, I, I thoroughly fucking enjoy it, man. Yeah. It was, it was cool learning about his little, his, his, his story and his, like I did, I, I really want to watch TNA TV Yeah, just to see, cause I have no idea about any of it. And it looks like a lot of interesting things happened and I have no idea why I never watched a single episode. And if anybody is uh, listening to the podcast or watching us live right now and you haven't seen the woo off with Ric Flair, that is must see TV. Yeah. I showed it, it to my it, wife who is not a wrestling fan and she thought it was the best thing she's ever seen. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, it's yeah. just hilarious. Um, with that being said, I, I have nothing else for the week. Uh, yeah, we do. We got something tonight. What are you talking about? Oh, you, oh yeah, we're watching California. But I also I want to. I, I was talking about like Jay Lethal and oh, wrestling. Okay. Uh, I want to announce. Uh, we have an in, in two weeks. Is it the twenty fourth? Is when we're going to do the next in studio? Yes, somewhere around there. Is that right? I'm we, not sure of the date off my fingertips, 23rd, but yes, twenty fourth, something like that. Yeah. I think it's April twenty third, twenty fourth, whatever Saturday that is. We will be doing a live from Studio C uh, interview. Our second, the second one we've done. The first 24th. one, of course, was with Mantar. Uh, Mike Halleck, and this one we're going to do with the co-director of the Pro Re Nebraska Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. Donnie Dodge is going to come and join us, and, and Mikey is going to wax poetic with, with his partner in crime. And Sam and I are going to go along for the ride, so tune in for that in two weeks. Next week, we will be watching the first uh, WCW pay-per-view of 1996. 
six. That's next week. Uh, I think so. Oh God, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be diving into that next week. Uh, That's the first WCW pay per view. Is that right? Yes, we watch yeah. the ECW episode should be up. Right. We, we did that last week. That was last week. Uh, the house party, which was an excellent show. Very fun to watch. Very fun to review. Uh, that'll be up available everywhere you listen to podcasts through our podcast home. Mikey, where is our podcast home? Uh, that is the Electronic Media Collective. ElectronicMediaCollective.com. Check us out. So um, and, and the house party, that, that involved uh, Public Enemy. Is that correct? Yeah, it was their oh, boy, goodbye match. Well, perhaps in two weeks we'll hear a little story about the Public Enemy and Donnie Dodge's involvement in one of their matches. Oh, well, this is exciting. Yes. I was at that show, actually. Yes, I I will will bring (laughs) that up. Uh, And Donnie will will explain what old school heel heat feels like. (laughs) I can't wait to learn about old school heel heat. I also believe that is in two weeks. Yeah, I also believe Sanjay Dutt was at that show. I believe he was. Working, yep. Yep. Amazing acai moonsault from the top rope to the floor from Sanjay Dutt. Sam, could you please say acai again? Acai moonsault. Acai! The pronunciation, the enunciation, the pronunciation, that's perfect. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. Do what I do. All right. Follow us us on all the social medias. Please. Facebook. uh, Where the Russian legs be. TikTok. Uh, Tell your friends about us and tune in and hang out with us. Yeah. Because it's fun. You could could go to Twitch and just share this on your Facebook stream or Twitter stream or whatever stream is stream. We stream. Share us. Please share us with your friends. We're, we're, we're trying to be a gift. We are. We're a gift that keeps on giving much like other undesirable things. And tonight you guys should hop onto the discord server and chat with us while we watch XPW's California, where we will crown a new King of the death match. Uh, No, we're crowning a queen of the death match. First time ever. I think she'll still be the King making it, making the call right now. Sage Sin Supreme, Pumpkin Queen, Deathmatch 2022. Yes. We're rooting for friend of the show, Necro Butcher. Necro I'm not. Butcher. No. His big comeback. Mm. Okay. Butch. Necro Butcher versus Sage Sin. I'm here for it. Oh, my God. That will be the greatest of all matches. <laughs> all right, guys. Can he, we... get, can he get past Hoodfoot? We'll find out. Hoodfoot. <laughs> Best wrestling can't name ever. forget about, about Schlack. Oh, Schlack is, yeah. There is no God. Death God. Only Schlack. That's right. Only Correct. Anyway, Take it home. Let's do it, baby. One, two, three. And that's a pinfall. All right, baby. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. See ya. It's the Russian leg swing, swing.